We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Kansas City Chiefs snagged themselves some sizzle for the playoff stretch. Will Terrell Suggs help them get over the top? That defense needs a little bit of help. Carrington Harrison joins us from Kansas City. Sports Radio 610radio.com affiliate. What the heck is going on in Cleveland? Can Freddie Kitchen survive the dumpster fire that is the Browns, the latest from 92-3 in Cleveland? And Urban Meyer, will he land an NFL job next season? Could it be with the Washington Redskins? Is that why he was in Dan Snyder's box on Sunday? Home and home of radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ziprecruiter.com slash enter ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs, home of Connecticut. Ross Tucker is home in Pennsylvania, where he is sifting through those Christmas cards. We play a game, Ross, once a year, right around Christmas time, courtesy of a good friend of mine. It's called Keep It or Chuck It. You go through all the Christmas cards, and it's got to be in the circle of trust. You can't have any friends from outside the circle with you when you hold up a card and everybody gets to vote. Keep it or chuck it. And to me, there's a lot of characteristics that go into it, but certainly length of Christmas card and the quality of update you're providing is one. And that's something that really gets to you when you open Christmas cards well, each and well, every hold day. On a second. Huh? This is this is fascinating, okay? Yep. What what do you mean keep it or chuck it? Like for the rest of the year, or just like it's just a game, whether you keep it or chuck it? Um, well, we just have two piles and it, it, it is just a game. We don't literally throw them out, but it's a group of 10 or 12 close friends where you just get to weigh in. Is that garbage? Is that in the, the keep it pile or is that in the just throw it in the garbage pile? I do keep them all because they're good conversation pieces because some that are the trifold that I got to look at like six or seven different pictures of your kids and your fabulous trips around the world, automatic chuck it. If I have to open multiple uh, card type, you know, if I have to unfold anything, chuck it. Does it have anything to do with the people on the card or just based on the card itself? Based on the quality of the picture, the obnoxiousness of the bragging, and certainly the length of the update. How much information are you providing? If you give me a, a picture that you took with you know, your iPhone and it's a selfie and it's kind of blurry and bad light, that's a chuck it, for example. Again, if it's a trifold, if I have to unfold anything, that is a chuck it. And sorry, Dad. God, I hope you're not listening. I don't want to read your letter. I don't want to read your letter. I don't want to read anybody's Christmas letter. I just want to see a card to see how everybody looks this year, how everybody's aging. Yeah, that's kind of me. You know, you and I are in sync on a lot of things. Now, to play devil's advocate on the inserted letter or the lengthy update, could you argue that if you want to read it, you can read it. If you don't want to read it, you don't have to read it. No harm done. Sure, you could. But to me, it's the assumption that everyone, that anyone cares about all of that stuff. I'm not kidding myself. I don't think any of my, if you want to know what's going on in my life and what's happened over the past year, chances are you already know it. And if you don't already know what's going on in my life, no way you care. You don't care that my daughter is doing well in dance and theater, nor that my son is doing well in basketball and baseball and soccer. If you knew to care, you'd already know. I hate the letters. I hate the lengthy updates. And I also hate digital cards. You can't send me an email 
I just saw a friend yesterday say, this is my Christmas card on Instagram. No, it's not. It's not a Christmas card. It's just an IG post. Uh, yeah, that's, that's rough. Uh, I don't like the updates. I don't like having to fold or open stuff. And Dave, people have way too many pictures on some of these, like the back of it. There must've been eight different pictures of some of these where it's like the pictures so small and it's like, this one is when they were in uh, skiing and this one was Disney World. And this, it's like, you can barely even pick them out. Like, you, it's not a good picture of them. It's just proof that they were at that place. Which, by the way, Ugh. we already saw when they post on Instagram 15 times from that place. Let me tell you what really matters on a Christmas card, okay? A good picture of your kids. That's what matters the most. I think you can give or take even having the adults in the picture. I got to tell you, I think what matters is a good picture of the kids. And I think even Christmas cards have been somewhat had their, their, their thunderstone a little bit because of Instagram. You know, I wasn't on Instagram till fairly recently, Dave, but I actually follow most of my buddies and my buddies' wives on Instagram. So I see the pictures of the kids and the family a lot. That used to be what was so cool about Christmas right. cards. It's like, ah, oh, look how she looks. Look how you... Well, now I see it all the time. Now, there's still a bunch on there, a bunch of Christmas cards we get of people I don't see on Instagram. So that's cool. But what really matters the most is a good picture, good quality that you can really see of the children. And that's what matters the most. You don't really need any more than maybe one nice picture on the front, maybe two on the back of different poses with the kids. If you want to have one where the parents are in it, that's great, but that's not the priority. Now, I, I felt the same way until a gay friend of mine said, Hey, look, I don't have any kids. Your kids are great. I had my wife and I off of the card one year. And he said, I I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't care about your kids. I don't know your kids. I just actually want to see you and your wife and how you look today. That's when we updated that policy to always reluctantly include ourselves in the card. You should have brought yours to the conversation so I can get a better sense of whether you go in the keep it or chuck it pile. I should probably grab mine. Maybe towards the end of the show, you can dictate if I oh, go in the what? keep it or chuck oh, it pile. Oh, guess what, Dave? I don't even have one. What? I Wait don't a minute. have one. In fact, I get well, text who are you to judge? People, I get text messages from people that say, I love your Christmas card. I'm like, oh, thanks. My wife didn't give me one. I've asked her three times. People receive it, Dave, and respond and tell me how much they like it. And I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I haven't seen it at that point. I finally saw it yesterday for the first time because my wife gave one to our nanny. I hadn't even seen it. Didn't even know what the pictures looked like. Didn't even know what it was. Now, as usual, my wife did an outstanding job. Looks really nice. The girls look great. We are not in it this year, primarily because the photographer came on a, wait for it, NFL Sunday. So no, I wasn't, I wasn't taking that picture. So it's just the girls. That's all everybody wants to see anyway. They don't need to see me. Boom. You had a photographer come to the house to shoot a Christmas card? Are you there? I, yeah, I froze for a second. What do you got? You had a photographer come to the house to shoot a picture for a Christmas card. Yeah. Wow. Wow. No more calling me the rich guy in this conversation, pal. That's impressive. 
Are, are, are you? I hope you can get this you card. Don't think most people. That's what most people do. Really? Wow. Most people I, don't I think know so. that. Most people I know that's what they do. Like they they have a like they're like oh let's take our Christmas card picture. Really? Is that right, not a like thing? They 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 hand the camera over to a friend or a relative when they're at a family gathering and they're dressed up nice at church. But hey, man, I mean. Good on you. No, I mean, I'm okay with it. I, I don't have nine I'm jobs okay like it. you. I'm okay with it because, number one, I also think you should get, like, professional pictures of your children one time a year while they're while they're still little and cute and cool. And then we just happen to use that. I had other pictures I thought my wife should use. We went to the uh, – oh, my gosh, I'm blanking now. Justin Timberlake's in the movie. It's like they're, they're not the Muppets. <laughs> trolls. Trolls. <laughs> trolls? The Trolls movie? Is that where you're going with this? We went to the Trolls experience in New York City. And we got a picture. It's awesome. You should go. And we got a okay. picture of the four of us dressed up like trolls. Like that's part of the Trolls experience. I told my wife, that's funny. That's cool. That's what you should use for the Christmas card. She wasn't having it. I like where your head's at. That would be a great card. Different, funny, cool, unique. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding idea. You're in charge next year, big fella. Let's bring in Carrington Harrison into this conversation. Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City. Yeah, we'll get to Patrick Mahomes and we'll get to T-Sizzle and we'll get to the playing through the blizzard. But Carrington, you got to weigh in on the Christmas card conversation. What is your strategy? Short but sweet. Do you even have a Christmas card? A lot of people think we don't have to do it anymore because of Facebook and Instagram. I'm single with no kids. Of course I don't have a Christmas card. This is something you do when you're white and you have at least five people in your family. This is this isn't <laughs> something black people do. I've never seen a Christmas card. I've never been a part of a Christmas card. My parents have never asked me to take a Christmas card picture. I've never received one before. I don't know anything about this. I didn't know people that really did this. That is amazing. You just blew my mind. Yeah. That is amazing, Carrie. So, Carrie, how old are you? I'm 31. And Ross, you're out here. You're going to Trolls and Frozen 3 and you're taking pictures in costumes. I don't come, I, come on now. You know I've never done this before. Dave, all you right, know all I've right. never done this. All right, so you're 31 and single. All right. Do you have, so your whole life growing up, you guys never got any Christmas cards? No, I've never received a Christmas card. Not like a family like a family portrait Christmas card. Have I ever got like a gift and then someone puts a card attached with it? Yes, but I've never in the mail opened it and then seen a picture of someone's family and their dog by the Christmas tree that said happy holidays. I've never received but a you, Christmas But you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen it in movies and I, I understand that they exist. I've just, I've never been a part of it before. And, and you think that that boils down exactly into racial lines? This might be this might be one of those two America things. This this has a lot of strong two America's possibilities. This might be the sweet potato pie pumpkin pie debate of Christmas. Do you, does your family participate in Christmas cards? That is so interesting. I, I I didn't know that. I'm trying to think of the cards that we we've received so far. There's definitely some racial diversity. I don't know if there's any any African Americans? I'm trying to think. Or I, I mean, I, it, it, or it is possible that this is just a rich people thing. Like Ross, it sounds to me like <laughs> I mean, anybody that can spend nine days in Hawaii, this might not be a white black thing. This might be a rich poor thing. Like you just, uh, you just appear to be in a different tax bracket than everyone else I know. So maybe that's what it is. You get the Christmas card, and then you can show us that you balled all 2019. You know, you balled. You had you had a fantastic year, so you have a Christmas card. Well, Dave and I were just talking. Uh, we actually, it, it, we we actually detest the cards that seem to be about showing you what they did. Like, guarantee if someone goes to France, that their Christmas cards in front of the damn Eiffel Tower. 
guarantee <laughs> that's the case because they want you to know that we balled out to the fact that we can take we're better than you we take our kids to fancier places than you in fact we flew the whole family over to France and the Eiffel Tower there's no question I mean, for the first 10 years of my life, going to St. Louis was a treat. Like once a year, my mom, she would take me to Six Flags St. Louis. So going to France as a child is just so such a foreign concept to me that I, I don't have any frame of reference. <laughs> so, so you know what's funny? This is, this is the God's honest truth, Carrington. Last night, we finally got a Christmas tree. I put it up and help with the lights. And help with the ribbons that have to go all around. And then my wife and daughters put all the ornaments up. And I sit there and I have two double IPAs. And I flip through the Christmas cards. And they tell me what each ornament is and where it's from. Right? So we have ornaments from London and from Hawaii. And our daughters have gone to both of those places with us in the last year and a half. Now, in full disclosure, I never went to either one of those places until I was married. You know what I mean? Like, I was married. We went to Hawaii for our honeymoon. And after I was playing for the Patriots, we're like, you know what? Let's go to Europe because... We'll never have two weeks where we could don't have jobs and we can just go to Europe. So let's do it. So, but a couple, last year I did a, I did a game in London. So I thought my flights paid for the hotel rooms paid for when else are we going to have a chance to do it? So we brought the girls over and then a couple weeks ago, same thing. My flight was paid for in Hawaii. The hotel room was paid for in Hawaii. We're never going to go back. Like we're never going to make a special trip to go to London or Hawaii. So bring them on over. Let's do it. I think that's legit. That's not like a rich guy thing. No, that actually, I, I know a lot of people that do that with work events. So that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm curious if you're a real tree or fake tree person, because it seems to me, especially with where you live in the country that you probably went outside and then you, you then chopped some tree down and now your house smells like an air freshener and you have pine needles everywhere in your place. I am a real tree guy, although last night in the wintry mix freezing rain, when we went to pick up a tree nine days before Christmas, eight before, it was slim pickings. It was dark, <laughs> and my wife was trying to sell our daughters on a fake tree next year. I went behind my wife and was going like this to the girls. No, don't do it. Because I believe... When you buy a Christmas, a fake Christmas tree, that China wins. I believe America <laughs> loses and China wins when you get a fake Christmas tree. Let me ask this character while we're on the topic. And these are the important topics. What else is there that white people do for Christmas that African-Americans don't like? You guys have a Christmas tree and ornaments and the whole deal, right? Like, is there anything else that you're aware of that white people do that you guys don't? No, there's not anything that I can think of off the top of my head. It's much different than Thanksgiving. Like I said, like we talked about this during Thanksgiving, green bean casserole I've never had before. I've never seen before. I've never been to anyone's home in which they exist. I assume that the music is just very different too. Like Donny Hathaway this Christmas, that's like our sweet Caroline during Christmas time. It's just an amazing song. So I think there's like certain songs that are maybe different that are cultural, but I don't know if there's too many like we do this, you guys do that. Got it. Do you have all a right. tree and, and, and no no tree there at all? Young single no, guy? No, I, I, I do not have a tree. We were team fake tree. Like my mom, it was it was just, I, I actually liked it. It was, we had a, we had a routine every Black Friday. She went down in the basement. We went to Kmart and bought a tree. So I had seen the tree. We take the tree out. We wrap it in, you know, the ornaments and stuff. And then I was very big that after the first of the year, it's time to put the tree up. Like, I, I, I'm, I like Christmas. I don't love Christmas. I feel like as I've gotten older, we now start Christmas October 1st. I don't need all of that. 
I'm, I'm, I'm Christmas is from Black Friday until July one. That's Christmas time. There's no other time of the year that it's Christmas. I don't January want to watch one. January one. You said July. January, I'm January one. January one. My bad. January so one. So I, 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 I don't understand. Did your mom buy a new fake tree at Walmart every year on Black Friday? Why don't you use the same no. fake tree? No, but we, we we got the same fake tree. She would so it would just it would go down in the basement, and then on Black Friday the tree would just appear. It would just magically appear, and we used the same tree my entire childhood. Okay, so then the next question there is, how has this defense for the Chiefs magically appeared? Like, they sucked earlier in the year, and now they're awesome. How did that happen? I think it's because, well, I think it's two things. I think their defense is better. I think early in the season, they had so many new parts. They had so many moving parts that now they've just improved defensively. They've gelled. And I think that everyone knows their responsibility. And I think the communication, everyone knowing their roles is a pretty vital part of playing defense. I also think that at this point in the season, we have a pretty strong indication of what teams struggle with and what teams will have success with. I don't think they've played a smash mouth running team the last couple of weeks. So I think that's probably their biggest weakness. Like, the last team they played that I thought could really challenge them defensively was Tennessee, and they struggled against that team. New England's not a struggle defensively. Los Angeles isn't a struggle. Oakland or Denver. To me, Chicago isn't going to be much of a challenge this week. That's not really an offense that gives the Chiefs problems, and they play the Chargers to end the season. So I think some of it is the schedule has just lightened up the second half of the season, and then some of it is this defense is just truly better than they were earlier in the year, too. All right, so then the next question in my mind relates to the the offense. Actually, I'll take that back. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back. Let's stay with the defense and Terrell Suggs, and them claiming him on waivers yesterday. It sounds like he's gonna report Carrington. How much of this do you think was blocking the Ravens, and how much of this is, you know, heck, Okafor got hurt. Like we need him. This is perfect timing, actually. I think it's all of those things. I would say probably one, it's the injuries to their defensive line. Alex Okafor, he tore his pectoral muscle on Sunday. Emmanuel Agba, who was a nice pass rusher for them, he tore his pectoral muscle probably like four or five weeks ago. I think it's just veteran leadership. I mean, Terrell Suggs has been in the league since 2003. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's lost a Super Bowl before. Like, there's not many scenarios in the NFL that Terrell Suggs just hasn't been a part of. And if you think back to the teams that claim Terrell Suggs, so I made a list on my show last week of the five teams that I think can make the Super Bowl. Four of those teams claim Terrell Suggs, and the Ravens only didn't claim him because they were last in the waiver claim. So it doesn't matter if they claim him or not. If he gets to them in the waiver claim, they could just negotiate a contract outright with them anyway. So every team that legitimately has a chance to win a Super Bowl claim Terrell Suggs. This was a no-brainer type move. Five and a half sacks this season, four forced fumbles, fully healthy, played in every game so far this season. There was no reason if you have a legitimate chance to not put a waiver claim in on Terrell Suggs. Isn't it kind of weird, Carrington, that like the four teams that did it are four of the five or six best teams in the NFL? Like, what's up with the seventh, eighth, and ninth best teams? Like, it's just bizarre to me that four of like the five best teams, and the Ravens obviously won them too, they all put claims in. But the teams like trying to get in the playoffs or the teams that are a little bit, they didn't? I thought that was weird. Maybe they just didn't think. He would report? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's it. But a team like Green Bay, I'm surprised that Green Bay didn't put a claim in. Minnesota, I'm surprised that Minnesota didn't put a claim in. I just, I don't understand given he's an available pass rusher. You don't have to give up a draft pick for him. It was $350,000. I just don't know why you wouldn't put a claim. I mean, at this point, Terrell Suggs, if you claim him, he has two options. Play for you or don't play at all. Like, why not take the shot? Worst case scenario is he doesn't play. Best case scenario is he does what he's going to do for the Chiefs and report and show up. I just don't know why any team that had a legitimate chance of making the playoffs should have put a claim in on Terrell Suggs. I'm with you. A few minutes. Carrington, let me just give you a little behind the scenes in my day. When I started this program, all my notes were soaking wet. And as my was as was my computer, there was a leak in my attic ceiling down upon my desk to start my day. 
just now I had to leave for a couple minutes because my dog threw up on my foot. So this has been one hell of a Tuesday, and it's only 10 a.m. Eastern time. It is... It has been one hell of a day, my friend. I don't know what the Lord is trying to tell me. I don't know what to do with it, but let's get back <laughs> to football. Uh, so Drew Brees breaks the record uh, last night. And I, I, I savored it for a while, and then I thought, how long before that record is broken? Patrick Mahomes seems like the obvious choice, well ahead of the pace early in his career, second season as a starting quarterback. Do you project this is the guy that breaks that Drew Brees passing touchdown record in year 14, 15? Foregone conclusion to me. Oddly enough, this has a little bit to do with what you're saying that I answered the question. Uh, the two most controversial opinions I've had this season on the show have been Drew Brees is a Sean Payton creation and Larry Fitzgerald will not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I said that yesterday on the show, and you would have thought that I said Tom Brady wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I had no clue that the people that I host the show with and the listeners in Kansas City had so much strong feelings towards Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, to answer your question regarding Patrick Mahomes, if he stays healthy, he will 100% break this record. He will have the most touchdown passes in the history of the NFL if he does not get hurt. We, um, we asked this question earlier in the season, if you set the over-under on Mahomes MVPs at two and a half, what would you take? The majority of people said they would take the over, especially given that he already has one. The list of people with more than three are Jim Brown, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. It's just the elite of the elite. Just given his skill set, his age, what he's accomplished so far in his career, I think Patrick Mahomes can be one of the 10 best quarterbacks to ever play the game. So is it fair to say then... Uh, right now that is this team Carrington kind of where you thought they'd be at this point it's been a roller coaster it's been up it's been down but now a couple weeks up the regular season heading to the postseason they might not get that number one or number two seed which makes it more difficult but are you feeling as good as confident about the Chiefs Super Bowl hopes as you were before the season now that I've seen the season play out, I would say defensively, they're probably a little bit better than I thought they would be at this point in the season. I would say offensively, they run the ball far worse than I thought they would be this season. I was first team. Andy Reid can turn anybody into a running back. Dave, Ross, me. As long as I was on the team, I could run for 1,000 yards. That's not the case. I mean, their leading rusher this year has 580 yards on the season. So I would say those two things. I'm with you. As a team, record-wise, they're about what I thought they were going to be. Their makeup is just probably a little bit different than I had anticipated. All right, so we were talking earlier in the program about the Breeze record. I, I said that I do believe Patrick Mahomes will break that record. We also discussed what sports record could be baseball, football, basketball, could be uh, track and field for that matter. What record in all of sports do you value the most? When you think of a record that means the most to you in all of sports, one that you would want, what is it? I think the answer is Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak because I don't think that's obtainable today. Just with the, with the difference in pitching, how hard guys throw with relievers, I just don't know if you can ever get a hit in that many consecutive games. I would say two, it's probably Wilt Chamberlain's 100 points. Just the iconic picture of him holding <laughs> up the 100 and the fact that we don't have a sports center like highlight package of it. Like, think of how many times you've seen Kobe score 81 points. If you scored 101 points in an NBA game, we would see that from till now until the time the world ends. So I would say DiMaggio's hitting streak would be one, scoring 101 points in an NBA game would be two. Yeah, Carrington, I picked Wilt Chamberlain's record, but it was a different record, my friend. And the number was the number was 20,000. That is the record that I would like to beat and I would like to have. So uh, you picked the wrong Wilt record, Carrington. I figured that this was a family show, so I was trying to pick the right record. <laughs> Carrington, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Dave, I just want to say that you are living real life meet the parents today. <laughs> oh, God, man. I can't believe it. Thanks, bro. Carrington Harrison, Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City. Ross, can you believe it, man? I mean, 
here's the bright side though. If I didn't have a podcast, which uh, to pull back the curtain for the people at home, I host in my attic. If I didn't have a podcast, I wouldn't have known about the leak in the attic probably for several days, maybe a week. It could have been two weeks because not many people come up to the attic. So I guess I could look at the bright side to finding. I'll give you, I'll give you some bright sides. You ready? Bright side number one is that because you have this show, which is less than five minutes of commercials per hour and tackles the hot topics in a different way, you were able to identify right away that you have the leak. Secondly, it would, it's better if you have all the bad stuff happen on one day, as opposed to two days from now, your dog's throwing up. And then two days after that, like if you're going to have a, sh- a, a crappy day, have a crappy day. Like, you know, get it all out. Number three, is there any chance that perhaps the consistency of the dog throw up could help you stop the leak? Have you thought about rubbing some of that throw up on your hand and then trying to paste it to the wall to stop the leak? Maybe that was God's way of saying, look, the the, oh. the plumber or the, the roofing guy isn't coming for a while. Here's some sticky stuff that you can use to stop the leak. It's yellow, bro. It's not going to look good on the ceiling. The problem is usually bad things happen in threes, which means my shitty day is not yet over. There's still one more thing that's going to happen throughout this wonderful Tuesday. Well, so with that it's in not mind, gonna be, yeah. it's not going to be that you don't know where to go to hire someone. I can guarantee Good that point. because you know where to go to hire someone just like Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. She switched to ZipRecruiter and you know what? She saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. That's 2002, bro. It finds them for you by using ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter candidates. Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones. Then find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised. She found qualified applicants so quickly and she hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it is no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, quick break here on Home and Home. And when we come back, a little more radio.com red zone as we check in on the Cleveland Browns dumpster fire. The Urban Meyer coaching situation. Could he now get an NFL gig? And some feedback from Spygate, too, from Boston and around the country after a quick break here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Only one team has failed to have a winning record this decade. That, of course, is the Cleveland Browns. We'll check in on their dumpster fire, 92-3 the fan in Cleveland in just a little bit. As well, Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner and GM on 105.3 the fan in Dallas, the radio.com affiliate. You can always listen to them on the radio.com app, home and home radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. Troy Aikman talked about hiring. Would he ever go into the general manager uh, career? And he said, well, I doubt I would ever go be a GM for the Dallas Cowboys. Quote, I think that's a real long shot. He elaborated Aikman saying, I believe it's unlikely Jerry will ever bring somebody in that can help this football team in that regard. Troy Aikman raised a lot of eyebrows with that comment in the Dallas area and has been very critical of Jerry Jones, the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, Jerry had his chance to fire back on 105 through the fan just a few moments ago. Here's what he said. I did any and everything. Listen, I've had a lot of lunches and a lot of great times with Troy, and he's he's a, uh, someone that I... I uh, can't tell you how much I respect him and uh, how much I have uh, appreciate his uh, uh, lineage with the Dallas Cowboys. And um, uh, I, uh, apart from these kinds of issues, uh, we've had business together, so uh, uh, we're doing fine. We just, uh, uh, I, I know this, that uh, uh, he certainly would like to be, it sounds like that he'd like to be involved in the long-term uh, uh, involvement in a team, maybe the Cowboys. Uh, I understand that. Can you think of anybody, Fish, that would understand that more than me? <laughs> I did any and everything I could to get to live the life that I live, and that's to be involved in uh, uh, everything from socks to jocks that there is with the Dallas Cowboys. That's the way it is. Jerry Jones on 105 through the fan in Dallas this morning, reacting to Troy Aikman's comments about never becoming the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. Ross, your reaction? Yeah, I mean, look, Jerry Jones, I, I don't think this is a big deal, right? I mean, Troy Aikman is at a stage in his life where I don't know, maybe his kids are grown up now or whatever. And He's intrigued by the idea of trying to run a football team and trying to have a vested interest in wins and losses and take his hand at that. And I think he has had success in business. He knows football. He'd like to try to combine the two. But he doesn't really envision it happening in Dallas because Jerry Jones has always been the GM. Jerry Jones has said recently why he always has been the GM and always wants to be the GM. And I don't think it's going to happen in Dallas, and I don't think it's really that big a deal. I don't know that it'll happen for Aikman anywhere. It really has to be sort of the perfect storm for something like that to actually work. Um, and for a team to say, we want Troy Aikman to be our GM, you know, it does seem like the Cowboys would be the best fit since he played there and lives there, but they're not like these other organizations Denver doing it with John Elway or even the Niners doing it with John Lynch. I think for a lot of years, Jerry deserved a lot of shit for the <laughs> job he was doing as general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. And I thought at that point, several years ago would have been a great move to bring in a personnel guy, maybe a Troy Aikman. Now I think the roster's outstanding. I think the coach is what needs fixing and that clearly is a soft spot for Jerry Jones. He does have an affinity and a loyalty that at times is inexplicable to Jason Garrett given the mediocrity in Dallas over the course of Jason Garrett's career. As you would imagine, the guys brought that up this morning on 1053 the fan and here's what Jerry Jones said in defending his head coach. One of, of Jason's outstanding qualities uh, is his ability to communicate. It is actually surprising to me that he has uh, crit uh, critics uh, that uh, basically have issue with his seemingly scripted uh, messages. Uh, 
but he also believes in repetition, as most coaches do. And he wants to make those points uh, first and foremost, and those are the points really that it takes to uh, uh, affect the winning of a football game. And so that's why I think that you hear him over and over again in many ways uh, say some of the very same things. Uh, you'll find him to be very genuine in how he approaches things, uh, very thoughtful. And this comes across in his relationship. Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan on Jason Garrett, the communicator. Um, Dak Prescott explained post-game that it was Jason Garrett's pregame speech and what he called the best he's ever heard from Garrett about baseball that was really what sparked the Cowboys to this victory, 44 points, pounding the Rams, and in particular, pounding that front seven. It was the best effort we've seen from the Cowboys this season. But the problem with Jason Garrett isn't the high point. It's the low point, of course, Ross. Fine, he can get this team up for a game like the Rams. But it's inexplicable that that same football team loses a game to the New York Jets. Great coaches don't lose football games to bad football teams like the New York Jets. That's why the job isn't just on the line and them going towards at least the NFC championship game, but they have to beat Philadelphia this weekend. Again, a far superior Cowboys roster, Ross. So um, I agree with you about them having to beat the Eagles and win the NFC East and about them having to get to the NFC championship game at least, or else this will be the end for Jason Garrett. I would just submit to you, in terms of great coaches don't lose to a team like the Jets. I mean, you know, for example, Doug Peterson, who's won a Super Bowl for the Eagles, Eagles have lost this year to the Lions, to the Dolphins. I mean, they've lost to some really bad teams. You know, a year ago, the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl and they lost to the Lions. So, one loss like that doesn't bother me. And I actually think the criticism of Garrett is a little over the top. I mean, if you go back, let's look, to look at the last four years, right? 2016, they're 13-3 and three with a rookie quarterback in Dak Prescott. They get the number one seed, and they lose in the divisional round after Aaron Rodgers makes one of the best throws I've ever seen. It was incredible. The next year, disappointing down year. They had some injuries. They were 9-7. and seven. Last year, 10-6, and six, win the division. They win a home playoff game against the Seahawks. Then they go to the Rams, and they lose in the divisional round. And now here we are. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think... Three consecutive winning seasons, two of which were in the divisional round. It just people talk about him like they suck. Like people talk about him like they lose all these games and he loses all these games. They never, I mean, three straight winning seasons, couple division titles, couple divisional rounds, a playoff victory. I, I now look, I think they're, they're very talented this year, and I think this year's a referendum on them. I just don't get. Why I think the criticism of Jason Garrett is way over the top this year. Way over the top. Sure, they've been good. Just not enough return on the investment for Jerry Jones. And that's why it's in the spotlight this season. This is a Super Bowl-type roster. And yes, Philadelphia has had some bad losses. I think we got to give them at least the injury pass this season. This is the practice squad Philadelphia Eagles we are seeing in action and yeah the GM there I mean Howie Roseman needs to get the wide receiver position fixed he needs to get that defense fixed as well one other thing that Jerry Jones weighed in on regarding this upcoming uh, weekend game with the Eagles is some of the memories that this jogs a lot of memories between the Eagles and the Cowboys and one he can't quite forget is Michael Irvin's last game at the vet in Philly, October 10, 1999, Irvin is injured. 
Eagles fans being what they are, yeah, booed Santa Claus, cheered Michael Irvin being injured. Has Jerry Jones forgotten about that? They talked about it this morning. Well, the city of brotherly love will be uh, uh, certainly uh, uh, happy to see <laughs> the Cowboys come to town, and uh, they won't disappoint. And uh, uh, I remember early when I would have my young grandchildren, real young, uh, go to the games up there, and I would take another family, Father Tribu's family, and uh, who many of them live in that area, and uh, they were just so sensitive to the kinds of things that you get when you go to Philadelphia, <laughs> kind of open criticism and the unabashed, uh, just unabashed uh, show of emotion that those Cal uh, those uh, uh, Eagle fans have. Uh, I'll never forget, if you will. Uh, you know, uh, I went down on the field when Michael Irvin couldn't move, and. Uh, uh, really, they got a bad rap that day. They had some of them not understand that he was seriously hurt. And uh, we got in the ambulance right out on that field and took him over to the hospital. I'll never forget. I was driving along. I had his wife, Cindy, on the phone, and we were talking. And Michael couldn't move a muscle. And we were in the ambulance as we drove over to the field. And I looked down, and he was doing his fingers and moving them. I said, Cindy, move them, baby. He said, he's moving. And uh, he uh, gradually regained some of his ability to move. But uh, where I'm going with that is uh, uh, there's a lot of wonderful, uh, some 30 years, frankly, of uh, emotion and thoughts that I have when I think of going up to play a football game in Philadelphia. Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas this morning. Interesting how he remembers that moment because there are two sides to that story depending on who you speak to. Again, now Michael Irvin's career ended that day at the vet in Philadelphia, October 10, 1999. Some felt that the Eagles fans were being disrespectful, cheering their rival getting injured. Michael Irvin sees it otherwise. He said it was a compliment for Philly to cheer me. He says, Philly wasn't cheering my injury. They were cheering my departure. What do you make of that day, 1999? And you know the Philly fans well. Would they cheer an injury out of respect or disrespect? So first of all, they hate the Cowboys with an absolute passion. Like, you can't even imagine. But when he was hurt... They were happy because they don't like the Cowboys. They don't like Michael Irvin. Now, initially, they didn't know that it was that serious of an injury. You know what I mean? Like, they just were happy that he wasn't going to be playing. They're like, ah, shut up. Yeah, you know, like, that's the reaction. I think if you ask those people, they weren't really happy that it appeared to be a serious injury. Um, and I think Michael Irvin and Jerry Jones, both of them with their responses, handling it with class, certainly. Uh, but I think they were cheering the fact that he was hurt and wasn't going to play because he's a good player. If they knew it was a serious injury, I don't think they would have been cheering nearly as much. I think you're right. Although, you know, Philadelphia fans better than me. Do they get a bad rap? We always hear, and I always say it, I'm guilty as sin. They booed Santa Claus. How do you characterize the Philadelphia fan? As, as, as a respectful, as angry, how would you characterize them to someone that has not been at a Eagles-Cowboys type game? Yeah, so I, I would say they are the most passionate fans in sports. And that can either be positive or negative, right? So if you are like Brian Dawkins or a guy that's beloved, there is no better city to play in or position or team. If you are a beloved Eagle, that's the thing that I think is frustrating to people, Dave, is people know about the negative part of it with away team fans or if a player doesn't give max effort, the fans will absolutely let them know. 
but people don't talk enough about the flip side to it, which is if you are a guy that performs and puts your heart out there for them, they will love you forever and they will love you harder and deeper and more than any fan base ever could. And you are a legend anywhere you go within 50 miles of those stadiums. That is the difference in my mind is that Eagles fans only get the negative part of it. Philly fans only are known for the negative part of their passion, but people don't comment enough about the flip side and how if you're on the positive end of that, how unbelievably great that is for you and your family. It is one of the most fascinating probably the most interesting and polarizing fan base, Philadelphia, New England, Dallas, Chicago, New York. What makes sports a beautiful thing? We're out of time on a Tuesday tomorrow, a hump day home and home with, you've heard from the Peloton mom. She was on the Today Show. We've got the Peloton dad, who many feel was enforcing sexist ideas in that Peloton commercial. Peloton husband joins us on a Wednesday home and home and our friends from pro football focus with all their player grades from the week in the NFL. I'm Dave Briggs for Ross Tucker. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.